Well, welcome. I'm Rick. And I'm Danny. And this is the Hail Ming Power Hour. <laughs> for episode number 17 just seems like these keep going faster and faster as we go along and with me is my partner as always mr danny bennett hello hail ming ites or whatever you want to call yourselves congratulations because you made it with us all the way to episode 17 and we're going to talk about two fantastic genre bending slashers of the 80s and early 90s that's right the <laughs> ever popular yet maybe poorly received 1986's April Fool's Day right. and 1991's Popcorn. Yep. Buy a bag, go home in a box. <laughs> How did I know that was coming up? <laughs> <laughs> I say it all you, the time. You'll probably hear that one a lot through this episode, folks, so you might as well just get used to it. We may even just write it on the screen so you'll just see it the whole time. But you know, uh, I, I miss taglines. <laughs> yeah, they used to have taglines on every yeah. poster. You know, yeah. why don't they do that anymore? I don't know, man. So these movies, uh, you know, kind of crossed some lines that uh, made some people angry about them. Uh, and then I think overall, when you look at it, they really kind of ran the gauntlet for what we now say is a 90s horror movie. So they were kind of ahead of their time. They kind of changed some some thinking. You know, they they, uh, they changed an approach, I think. And it was because the, the 80s were so rife with so many slasher movies, they had to keep changing it up in order to keep audiences interested. Right. And they ran into it in the late 90s, too. You know, and you ran into Scream, which is probably the the ultimate of, of, gener- of genre changers, where they they somehow managed to keep the formula and making it new at the same time. Right. Popcorn. Yeah. Buy a bag. Go home <laughs> in a box. All the way through the show, ever since we talked about doing this movie, he keeps saying that line. Buy a bag. Go home in a box. <laughs> I mean, all the time. He just says it all the time. Buy a bag. Go home in a box. <laughs> all right, we got I, it already. <laughs> you're going to say something. Go ahead. Say it. Say I was going to say, we'll be right back after this. The Hail Ming Power Hour is brought to you by The Borg. We will add your biological and technological distinctiveness to our own. You will be assimilated. And loyal subjects of Mongo like you. Hail Ming! Stepping into our first movie for this episode, we're going to talk about 1986 movie April Fool's Day. And I remember when this movie came out, uh, it was quite a buzz just from the trailers and everything because you're getting hit over the head with all the movies from every holiday you could think of that just seemed to be the thing i mean even happy birthday to me which 
I like. But uh, we'll get to that one later on. But this one, April Fool's Day, got a lot of hate back in the day. Uh, a lot of people came out of the theater being very upset. They felt like they'd been ripped off. And we'll get into a lot of that story as we go along, too. I just want to say that people who had a problem with April Fool's Day, they were wrong. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the, the, the movie. And um, I want to say that the same thing happened to Matt Stone and Trey Parker when they came out with an April Fool's episode of uh, South Park where they get, had a cliffhanger at the end of one season. They came back for another season and preempted it with some special that had nothing to do with the cliffhanger. <laughs> and they got into a lot of trouble. So the, the, the moral of the story is... The episode was fine. The movie's fine. People just can't take a joke. Right, right. So, and that's kind of where this movie sits, and we'll get into that. I don't want to jump ahead a little too much. But uh, <laughs> to to <laughs> to give us a synopsis, we have, uh, actually, this is a, uh, this recording was found from long ago. So this is like an old 1950s newsreel that we found that tells us the story of April Fool's Day. So here we go. Welcome to April Fool's Day 1986, a plot summary. A group of college friends consisting of Hobby, Nikki, Rob, Skip, Nan, Chaz, Kit, and Arch gather to celebrate spring break by spending the weekend at the island mansion of their friend Muffy St. John. On the weekend leading up to April Fool's Day, the tone is set almost immediately with Muffy preparing details around the house. Meanwhile, her friends are joking around on the pier, then on the ferry to the island, local deckhand Buck is seriously injured in a gruesome accident. Once on the island and in the mansion, it turns out Muffy has set up a variety of little jokes from the simple such as whoopee cushions and dribble glasses to even more complex and disturbing such as an audio tape of a baby crying in someone's room and heroin paraphernalia in a guest's wardrobe. Next, Skip goes missing. Soon, Arch and Nan also go missing. During a search, Nikki falls into the island's well and finds the severed heads of Skip and Arch, as well as the dead body of Nan. Afterward, the remaining group discover that the phones are dead and there is no way to get off the island until Monday. Does not sound like a very happy April Fool's Day to me. Approximately 89 minutes, 1986, April Fool's Day. Wait, doesn't that Arch Cummings guy look an awful lot like Biff Tannen to you? He sure does to me. What do you mean my mic's still hot? Well, shut it off! Wow, I just realized he sounds like Stephen Hawking on crack. <laughs> was, was the movie... 186 minutes, or was that preview? 186. <laughs> no, no, that that sounded great. That was great. <laughs> that, that was that was really a cool preview. Oh, yeah. Thanks to whoever gave that to us. <laughs> that was the same person that's doing other for us. So we'll reveal that when we get towards the end of it. We don't want to give Ooh. away just yet. It's a surprise. Ooh, it's, a yeah. it's a mystery. So, uh, but yeah, man, 1986, right in the middle of the greatest movie decade as far as I'm concerned. Blockbusters coming out left and right. Horror movies. Nonstop, the VHS boom. You had everything going on. So I ask, like always, Danny, why do we watch April Fool's Day? Well, April Fool's Day is a treat because it starts out and it really it sets the mood quickly. You know, you got your slashers that came out. It's kind of Halloween esque, where it has like a like a motif music that plays, giving you kind of an airy feel. But really, from the very beginning. You know, they're, they're, they're messing around with the videotapes. You can tell they don't take this whole thing very seriously. But what shows up? The ferry to the island. And when it shows up, 
I mean, it's like impending doom. Yeah. It's just, just, it's got that feel. And that's one of the things I like about certain movies. And I mentioned Halloween because it's got the same kind of feel to it. Just kind of a, a real off-putting, ethereal, you know, kind of kind of thing where it's like, I'm kind of scared just because it seems like something's going to go wrong. And the good thing about it, too, is it's a neat way to do a little character development and have them all in the same place and make it all happen within 10 minutes or so so you don't break away and get story as you go along. It's a nice little setup. Uh, you've seen it done in other movies as well. Uh, I think of Jaws immediately when I think of this scene because of them being on the boat and a lot of conversation going on there. Not a total rip-off of it, but it's still got that same familiarity about it. And then also... Uh, Oh. The Blair Witch Project? No, man, it's Enter the Dragon. That's <laughs> uh, almost the same. Enter yeah. the Dragon, because you get a lot of character development while they're going across on the boat. You figure out who's the good guys, who's the bad guys, all that kind sure. of stuff. So. Sure, and, and it, it's it's um, it's character, like you said, it's character explanation, right. which is also important for a murder mystery type right. scene, you know, like clue or like a murder mystery dinner party and you know you get your your cast of characters and they all get their kind of spotlight right to to explain who they are so that you kind of know what role they're going to play in the mystery that ensues right they could have very easily have just done this at the house and just arrive at the house and it would be very typical of what came out back then but they changed it up a little bit did on the on the ferry boat right and and the one guy with the video camera also adds an element because he's making little movies and it, it adds another, you know, just a silly, a silly little little element of it that I think probably got exploited to more effect in movies later. Again, it, it was kind of a, gr- a groundbreaker on that right. one. Yeah, video cameras were just really starting to break through as far as people being able to afford them and have them. And my first reason on my list was Clayton Roner, which is the guy that's got the camera. Absolutely. And, and Amy Steele. I mean, you you got... Uh, an up-and-coming star that we've seen in a ton of stuff. Then you got Amy Steele, who is basically a scream queen at this time. Has been in, you know, the Friday the 13th stuff, part two. And uh, so she's already established at this kind of level. So to see her in this movie already made you think, all right, it's going to be this kind of movie. And, uh, you know, her most horrific thing she did was uh, Walk Like a Man with Howie Mandel. Yeah, well, (laughs) and that was an unsung horror great right there. yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> so that was my first reasons for it. I mean, you got it's kind of a who's who, man. I mean, the the main girl that's in it was from Valley Girl. She was also in My Chauffeur. You got My Chauffeur. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and just everybody. The girl that uh, Clayton Roner ends up with was the best friend in uh, just one of the guys. Remember, we talked about how we liked her 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 character. Yeah, that's her, and she's the girl that he gets, he gets with throughout this whole movie. Yeah, I really like her too. She, yeah. she's fun. Yeah, Biff Tannen. Right. So you've got a, and he's and he's a hoot in this too. Right. He's really funny. Right. Right. So it's just familiar faces all over the place. So that's enough of a draw right there. Even from a standpoint of watching it now, is going back and enjoying this movie because of who's in it. Because you've seen him in all these other things. Well, another reason to watch the movie is, hey, I can't say it enough. Do you like Clue? Do you like your murder mystery setup? Do you like, uh, you know, some. Just some good old manner in the woods, uh, picking off some people one by one. Who's the killer? Who done it? Kind of right. stuff. Absolutely. I love that stuff. And yep. I mean, just the feel of the whole movie is like that. The characters all have place settings, and you know they 
they do the college thing where you know they have the place settings and the big ornate table, but then they they flip the script on them and say, oh well, you know she's she's got her college friends and they're eating beanie weenies, you know, <laughs> and and they all drink have out of dribble glasses and and you know a couple of the chairs are trick chairs and and she's just got all these little silly jokes that she's playing on them, right. and you know something worse is going to happen though. Every time you turn a corner, you know there's there's a painting with eyes that that you know. Where there's, you know, like like the uh, synopsis said, there's there are little clues about you know deviant lifestyles, and it just kind of sets the stage for this whole group of people to be in turmoil. Oh my, oh my notes talking about the painting. I said it zooms in on a painting of the alien from I come in first, uh, I come in peace. <laughs> <laughs> I come in first. I come in first. <laughs> oh. No, that's not it. I no. come in peace. <laughs> And you go in pieces, <laughs> alien. Uh, so this movie Ooh. was movie was directed by Frank Walton, who is the uh, the younger brother of John Boy. I'm kidding. It's not. That's... <laughs> 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 hit the wrong button. Hell me. That's okay. <laughs> and hit, hitting the wrong button sometimes works out well. Now this is this is the truth though. Frank Walton is in <laughs> he's in all three. If there's only three. He's in the first three Porky's movies. That's who directed this movie. He he was like, you know what? You know, he was in Porky's before this, I guess, because, right. yeah, Porky's came out early 80s. Right. So, yeah, he would have been like, you know, all this Porky's is fun, but I need to go make April Fool's Day. Right. I mean, is that, it it's actually a quote. You know? <laughs> it's a quote. That is a fact. <laughs> He's also a member of the Walton family, you know, and he right. said, hey, Sam. You got all this Walmart money lying around. Can I make April Fool's Day? Sam was like, sure. Just make sure it sells for five bucks in a big bin about 20 years from now. Can you call it Sam's Club? No, I'm sorry, no. Dad, I can't. Helming. Frank Walton. All right, what you got next? Well, obviously, I don't know the name of the director, so that wasn't one of my reasons. But I'm going to say <laughs> the effects. The effects are simultaneously super hokey. For a for a slasher film in the '80s, and then they have the added bonus of not having to be super great because you know the the reveal of the movie, you know, makes yeah. it into kind of a oh well of course it doesn't have to look that great it's it's fantastic because well in case you haven't guessed or you haven't seen it I guess you're not watching us because we don't give spoilers because we do all the time right the whole thing's an April Fool's joke that's right and the leprechaun the, kills, the leprechaun comes out at the end and he goes into space. And then he goes to the hood, and uh, he says, April Fool's Day. And he says, I want me pot of gold. <laughs> Give me me pot of gold. <laughs> Some about Lucky Charms. Yeah, and he hates the Keebler elves. You know, all that stuff. Hey, is that gum wrapped around the four-leaf clover and he shoots it down his throat? <laughs> He's exactly right. This movie is... Uh, the brilliance of this movie is the fact of watching it even now, you're going to watch this movie and see these effects and go, yeah, you know, I guess for the time, maybe they were okay, but they still look pretty hokey. They're supposed to be hokey. That's yeah. the beauty of it. And, you know, they, they do a great job of having, you know, the people show up in, in places dead and it, and it, and it spooks the, uh, the guests who didn't know what was going on and everybody panics and they, they run around this big manor house and, and all the... The jokes are still kind of there, like the trick doorknob, and and people keep running into those little jokes, and it just adds to this aggravation that they're feeling. And the whole time, their hostess 
has changed up. The first day there, she's really, really friendly. Yeah. But uh, as the, the thing goes on, she becomes more withdrawn right. and she gets kind of crazy. And yeah. uh, and that adds to it, too. They're like, what is wrong with you, yeah. Buff Muffy? Muffy. Yeah. Buff, but, well, they say that Buffy and Muffy, it's, it's kind of a slash there. They never know which one they're calling her because she's got all these different friends that have all these different backgrounds and they call her one or the other. Yeah, interesting. One thing that I'm upset about the movie about. Most people's upset because of the ending. I'm upset because they use this sound. It's in there, folks. I was watching this movie, and I heard that, and I was like, that's exactly the sound that we use on our show. So, it's, April Fool's Day, we're coming for you. Well, yeah, and, you know, we got Mark Singer on our side, and <laughs> as we've already determined, the Beastmaster can beat RoboCop. Beastmaster can beat, you know, Muffy. You got nothing. Beastmaster. We're coming with the steel. Oh, regardless. <laughs> yeah. They didn't use that. Well, they might have used that sound, too. Somewhere. Beastmaster. Again, it's, it's got a great cast of characters. And as they, they run around this manor house trying to figure out what's going on, finding their friends dead, it's a fun murder mystery. And, yep. and the whole thing's set up to be a mystery. And at the end, too, the people, you know, figure out that, that Muffy's got a twin sister, and the twin sister killed Muffy, and they find Muffy, and they might find Muffy dead. Right. Because it's all set up for them to find. So to break it down for you a little bit better, this is the best way to explain it. Do you like Friday the 13th style 80s movies? Okay. Sure, yeah. Do you, do you like Clue? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if you if you put a movie that's kind of right in between those two, that's what this is. I really think yeah. that's where it fits, because it's not quite as gruesome and gory as Friday the 13th. It's a little darker than Clue. It's just kind of in between. If you took those two movies and crammed them together, you would come out with, with this movie. You got your murder mystery elements. Like you said, that was a great idea to put Clue and uh, Friday the 13th together. Because, yeah, it's got all the Friday the 13th kills. They're all a little bit on the creative side. And, you know, the, the, all the, the gore is, is very realistic. You know, it's not it's not like, oh, I've got a knife sticking out of my chest. It's like, oh, there's a beheaded person and it looks just like that person. You know, it's it's a right. uh, it's those molded yeah. rubber, you know, special effects as opposed to, you know, stage special effects. Well, you kind of said it best the other day and we were talking about it is less is more in this case. So there's a lot of things you don't even see, but makes it pretty effective. So that works out really well when you do see the effects. Again, it's that balance of they kind of look good, they kind of look bad, but there's a reason why they look that way. To me, if we're talking about fast-forwarding through this thing, because you got the whole boat scenario at the beginning, them all getting on the ferry, the game of stretch they're playing, which is pretty cool, which causes an accident to happen. you got to stop and see this guy get his head crushed by the boat. It's pretty awesome. It is, and the guy falling off the boat, you know, there's a long, suspenseful sequence where he's trying to throw a rope around a cleat, and he keeps throwing it and keep missing, and the boat gets a little closer, and he throws it, and he misses, and the boat gets a little closer, and he throws it. And then the, the captain of the ship is like, hey, look out! And, you know, <laughs> and it hits the dock, and he, and he comes up, and his face is all messed up. Eyeballs popped a, out, sticking down his face, and he's like screaming like crazy and running around, trying to and, touch and, people. It's great. <laughs> it's great. And you're just going to have to put the red eye back in there with a <laughs> stick or something. Stick or something, just... <laughs> Joe Flaherty came around <laughs> teaching a bunch of Boy Scouts. Yeah, him and Booger. You know, he's trying to teach Booger how to take care of people. And... Hack, hack. We got a little sidetrack there because we have a little fun. But 
No, I mean, and, and and again, that's where it starts to come to real. All these these people have been joking around. They even had like a little joke murder on the, the boat yeah. between the people going up there. So you know they're all aboard for this kind of stuff. I even got it. And, I've got it on here. It says it's all fun and games till someone loses an eye. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure that was intended. You know, the guy's in Porky's. He knows how to set up a good pun. Right. Yeah, a good joke. <laughs> so regardless, yeah, so you got these guys in the boat, and they're all having a good time, and then somebody really gets hurt, or so they think, immediately gets whisked off the island on a motorboat. This guy's got to go to the hospital. <laughs> well, I just so happen to be here. And, you know, the whole thing happens so quickly. It's it's a lot of panic, but it still seems kind of, uh, what just happened? Right. But they were, they were, you know, like it's already got you kind of, kind of questioning everything. Right. But as it unravels, it it makes you question it at every level. Right. And one of my favorite parts, and I think we talked about this too, was was the reveal at the end because one of the two remaining characters finds everybody just sitting in a study, like hanging around and playing. All the people who have just been killed that they've seen dead here and there, they're all just hanging around and. The other person is still running around screaming for their, you know... Yeah, he's been locked away in the room, and he doesn't know what's going on. So all this reveal has happened except for this one character. And uh, the door opens up, and it's the dude who got his head crushed on the boat that walks up to him with the... the he's got, like, a prosthetic thing on his face. He's walking to him, and dude's just screaming his lungs out, scared to death guy. The guy actually pulls the makeup effect off and sticks it to the dude's face. <laughs> Yeah. Try, trying to show him, hey, it's it's all fake. And dude is still just going out of his mind. Well, it, and he's screaming to his girlfriend. <laughs> he's like, I love you. Because <laughs> he thinks she's in the other room getting killed. Yeah. yeah they, they've just been chased by their host, who's who's their host's crazy twin. She's got this big old knife that she's that she's brandishing, and she's jumping around. And she's doing a great job of looking yeah. just completely insane. Right. And then, again, the, the, the girl comes around the corner, opens the door, Everybody's there just fine. Yeah. And while she's, you know, while they're all telling her, ah, we got you, April Fools, he's still in the other room going, oh, no, we're all going to die. And it's great. It's a great little scene because of the way that unravels. It it really does a good job of wrapping the whole thing up before the big reveal. Yeah. There is one scene in particular I think is really awesome, and that's the well scene. Yeah. They go down to get the, the bucket, you know, they can't get any water to come out of the well, and she climbs down in there. And the bodies start floating up. The heads are there. And again, you look at it and you go, well, these heads kind of look fake. And then a body comes up. And it's a real body. So, again, all these things are in place. It's like if you were pulling a plank on, prank on somebody and you were making your own effects to, to scare them. That's what this is. This is somebody pulling pranks on their friends and just making a party out of it. Speaking of which, as soon as the reveal is over, they have a big party, man. They trash that place. Yeah, yeah, and they and and you can tell they're not upset in one bit. They've all taken the joke now, and right. they're being raucous and and uh, and crazy and irreverent, and uh, they have a big old champagne party, it's and it everywhere. ends with with a uh, with one last scare, which yeah. I will kind of leave for you to watch. I, I think you should watch it, right. and this one last scare should I we should leave it to you to to not know how it's going to go down, right? Because it's very questionable as well. I will leave that for you guys to check it out. Yeah, I, I noticed that the movie had been remade in in two thousand eight uh, yeah. when I was you know just looking up characters from the movie or something, yeah. and it looked terrible. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. we've we've heard the impact of that one, haven't we? Yeah. I, mean, I don't was... know anybody's even seen the thing, so. April Fool. 
Wyoming. That's the theme song by yeah. Alice Cooper. That's what I thought. Alice <laughs> Cooper. <Bro fools. laughs> by Alice Cooper's brother, <laughs> Daryl Cooper. Daryl Cooper. <laughs> Wyoming. Daryl D.B. Cooper. <laughs> hey, he he wrote some he wrote some songs. They all he, wrote some songs. He's the man without a face. You remember Ooh. that one? <laughs> no. It was ripped off by a boat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was all fun and games until that dude lost his <laughs> So, man, there's definitely some moments to watch in this movie. It's a it's a great, and I'm this is you know a play on words. You're going to hear this a lot. It's a good popcorn flick. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah, it's it's a fun movie, and uh, I can see why people got upset back in the day. But for me. Everything that we think is a great 90s horror movie kind of took this idea because they're really jabbing at the established horror movie and they're kind of just turning it on itself and, and saying, oh yeah, well, you know, it's this has been done so much. We know we can't do it better. How do you do something different with it? And that's what this movie is. And Scream, I'm not saying Scream is a ripoff of this. Calling you out, Scream. <laughs> but... The idea of what they're doing, how to break the mold, I think this movie did it first. Yeah, well, and it took an age-old tradition of, of the, the murder mystery gathering. And, you know, the kind of part of the reveal is that she's inherited this house. She wants to make it into a murder mystery weekend. And so she's t- trying it out on them in kind of the extreme. Because cause murder mystery parties have gone back to, you know, centuries ago they used to have them in masquerades and whatever but but yeah he's she's taking that and she's doing it and they decided to make a movie about it and it's just it's just great i think it's really well done and i really enjoyed it i enjoyed revisiting it every bit as the first time i saw it yeah it's a fun movie and and uh i believe the kids like it too (laughs) oh and the adults and the adults so uh yeah, man, that's. I think it's great. I think you should revisit it. Yeah, definitely has the '80s feel to it. It feels very familiar, but it's just got it's got the twist. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> check it out. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, so is it time to give it a rating? Let's I give think? it a rating. Yeah. I think I'm going to give it three out of five. No, no, no. That's not nearly enough. I'm going to get it five out of five. Oh. big old collapsible knives. Oh yeah, yeah. That that is a cool. I mean, because she, she, you think she's gonna like stab her hand with it or whatever, and then she, you know, shows that it's not real. So that's a big old. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's huge. A, it's a honking knife. It look, it looks really scary. It's as big it's, as that knife. Is that dude that cuts that bull in half on time bandits and all the fruit fall? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's just like that. Actually, that dude was there. <laughs> that was him. He it was him. He was just dressed up like the girl. So what do you get? Helming. <laughs> I'm gonna give it twenty eight. Uh, Clayton Roner's dressed up in S&M mask. Ooh, that happens too. Yeah, it does. It's a good old scene. You're going to like it. Yeah, it's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and as always, Brian Blessed, what do you think of April Fool's Day? Let the combat begin to the death. Oh, that, mean, that means he likes it. He's willing to stand up for it. Yeah, I, I think the combat begins. Right. To Which the is, death. That's the sequel. April Fool's Day 2, let the combat begin. Funny thing about April Fool's Day 1 through 4, 
is that they were all directed by the guy who was in Porky's one through three. <laughs> you just couldn't get enough. We'll be right back, folks. Hey, dudes, having problems with your well? Bummer. Water pressure not right in the tub? <laughs> Bogus. What will you do? No problem, dude. Just pick up the phone and call me, the Badger, right here at For Whom the Well Tolls, Radical Water Solutions, and we can get there as fast as an Eddie Van Halen solo. And the prices are awesome. So just dial the number, sit back and eat a Totino's, and the Badger will do the work. And we will get it done so fast that you can still catch Headbangers Ball. Dial 1-727-LARS. 1-727-LARS. Give us a call, duder. From the hit movie, April Fool's Day, Ralph Mouth Records is releasing the Lost Soundtrack for the first time. Discovered by the hit podcast, The Hell Ming Pow Hour, it's the lost legacy of Daryl D.B. Cooper. Featuring the lost classic that everybody loves, The Man Without a Face. You're with your baby, and you're on a boat. And the sun is hot But your girlfriend's not really up for your games That's a crying shame Oh, but look out He's the man without a face And he's coming real close, don't wait It's the man without a face And it got ripped off by a boat. I'm Daryl D.B. Cooper, and I am super thrilled that Ralph Mouth Records is releasing the April Fool's Day soundtrack. Matter of fact, I am so excited, I'm adding these extra songs just for you. Remember this one? You're Stand the science guy So even though I've been gone for a while It is fantastic to know that there are fans out there Who still like the classics Maybe you remember this one as well It's an oldie but a goodie Welcome to my wheelchair I think it's really fancy I think you're gonna see 
it really rolls. And I am thankful to my friends at the Helming Power Hour for getting people interested in my music again. So I wrote this for them. The Julian Helming listeners. Listen to a podcast, it's gonna be a good one. Andy Blackley's on it and he's talking about Commando. The Julian Helming listeners. So even though my brother has had bigger hits, we know where the real talent is. Buy it today. Get your copy of the Daryl D.B. Cooper classic, the April Fool's Day soundtrack, wherever you can find Ralph Mouth Records. Oh, but look out. He's the man without a face. And he's coming real close. Don't wait. It's the man without a face. And it got ripped off by a boat. All right, so for our double feature of slasher-esque type movies, (laughs) I guess that's a word. I'm not sure. I'm just making that up. We're back with the incredible 1991 Popcorn. This is just like, I think, the good, a good pairing for these two movies because this one kind of did the same thing. It was kind of making fun of more of the nostalgia of the old movies and, and the fun atmosphere. But it kind of flipped it on itself, too. So this movie's kind of overlooked, I think. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, you know, the one thing that, that Popcorn has that April Fool's Day didn't have is a great tagline. You know, the tagline <laughs> I wonder what that is. <laughs> popcorn is popcorn. They'll bite buy you. A bag. They'll bite you in go the end. Go home right? in a box. Oh. <laughs> buy a bag. Go home in a box. Hell no, no, they, yeah, they'll bite your ass. <laughs> I was telling somebody that story about Charles Band just the other day. Um, <clears throat> I think it was me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was about him biting my ass. Right. Yeah, because we were at Texas, and he was like, "Come on, Danny, just let me bite it once." I said, "Okay." Hell <laughs> me. I said, "You can buy a bag." But then you have to go home in a box. Oh, man. This is going to go on forever. (laughs) I love popcorn. All right. So to keep him from saying the the tagline again. Fine. (laughs) We have a synopsis from TV movie legend Peter Lorre. There is a college film student who is also an aspiring writer for films named Maggie Butler. Maggie has been having reoccurring dreams of a young girl named Sarah who is caught in some kind of a fire and being chased by a strange man who is trying to kill her. She records what she remembers on an audio tape upon waking up from this nightmare because she's planning on (laughs) making it into a a film. Maggie apparently lives with her mother, Suzanne, who has been receiving (laughs) strange demonic prank phone calls most recently. She heads to her class where she is confronted by her sometime boy toy (laughs) named Mark, who is a complete and total (laughs) maniacal idiot. Maggie shuns all of the advances that he has 
referring to him as saying that mm, he sex with him on any level is, well, mm, unsafe. It probably is. Maggie finds that her film department has once again lost their editing space, and in an effort to mm, regain a permanent editing space for their little side project films, mm, they decide to run a all-night horror marathon. And to complete it all, they're going to reuse some of the gimmicks the films originally had. The three films in question are Mosquito, which was a 3D film, Attack of the Amazing Electrified Man, which was released in a shockoscope gimmick, <laughs> and The Stench, which is a Japanese film released in Odorama. <laughs> yes. As they go through the trunks of equipment, they find a short film made by a cult leader <laughs> named Lanyard Gates. The film is called Possessor, which is very trippy, very bizarre film. The film students are not impressed and are somewhat grossed out by Gates and decide this film does not fit in with their horror show. As time moves on, Maggie discovers that she has connections to Gates and a horrible situation that took place upon the initial release of Possessor. <laughs> the film Popcorn from 1991 is approximately one hour and 31 minutes long, and it is a comedy-horror hybrid. Oh no, I've lost my script. My god, Ricky, help me! <laughs> yeah! So, uh... That's our buddy, uh, Court Sipes, who's got his own show, Cinema Sipes, which is an awesome show. You guys need to check it out. He was kind enough to send those to us, and pretty awesome, man. That's the that's the best Floyd the Barber I've heard in a long time. It was really good. Hey, man. <laughs> yeah, really, the, the only thing I got out of that at synopsis is that they, they, they dug into some trunks and found a short film. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So they, they dug into their trunks and yeah. found a short film. Film. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. Man. Go home in a box. <laughs> you, you can't steal my thunder. Oh, uh, so this movie was directed by Court Sapps. because uh, <laughs> he he knows more about the movie than anybody else does. So that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, he even <laughs> named the main character. We, we, we often don't do that. Named all the movies there. I mean. So uh, let's give it a rating. Hell, <laughs> <laughs> man. Uh, no, we appreciate it, man. I, it's a lot of work, and uh, it, was, it was really good. I like the Peter Lorre, too. So both of them are fantastic. It does have a little Floyd the Barber in it, though, man. I'd like to hear you pulling one of those off. That's pretty good. <laughs> Andy. Andy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can hear that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's in there. It's in there. Possessor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Possessor. All right. Yeah. Which kind of looks like a movie we saw at Texas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it really kind of did. Yeah. It? Yeah. We were like, kind of watching a movie. We we're like, yeah, no. <laughs> and again, you know, it's it's one of those things. Popcorn kind of paved the way for what? A found footage kind of right. deal. Oh, yeah. A, a movie went in a movie kind of deal, which movies in the movie has happened before. But again, these things kind of brought it to the forefront and somebody right. else came and ran with it. Totally it's, agree. You've yeah. se- you've seen this formula before just later on. There's there's a couple of movies before and I'll I'll tap into those in a little bit. But let's go ahead and get going. Danny, why do you specifically 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 not Atlantically. Not Atlantically. No. Not Dead Sea-ish. Why do you watch <laughs> Dead Sea-ish? <laughs> why do I watch popcorn? Why do you watch popcorn? Why do I watch popcorn? 
I'm gonna have to say it's the movie within a movie. It's it's the the whole. I love it when you've already stage, said that. I love it when a <laughs> well. You know what else I've already said? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Buy a bag. Go home in a box. Oh man! Shut up! Will you shut up? <laughs> no. But but really, it's the whole movie within a movie thing. Right. They have a great big movie theater with all the 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 the, the theater faces on the wall. It's set up for all the old uh, gimmicky movies. And while the movies are being played, and while those horror movies are being watched, there's also a, a horror movie that's going on in the theater. And I love that dynamic. I, right. I they do it well. Right. Yeah. Even to where Dee Wallace goes there the night before, and uh, and she's in the theater and. She gets caught in the middle of a movie making a movie about movies. Right. With a movie maker killer. <laughs> and you heard, us, <laughs> you heard us saying a while ago that uh, it's got the weird, trippy uh, movie that they're watching. The the girl at the beginning, that's the, the main character, has, a, like you said, dreams about this. I said, listen, she's having dreams that looks like a trippy Janis Joplin video. And it's just weird, it, psychedelic crazy 60s Charles Manchin-ish craziness. Yeah, uh, real close-ups of faces and... Yeah, and eyeballs and... Eye movements under and then, and then the, the head gets peeled away and it's a skull. Right. Ah! And just somebody saying, Possessor! Possessor! And apparently, Possessor was not very well received and that's part of the problem, is that yeah. the filmmaker was irate. Sure. And yeah. do we have a mystery going on in this movie, Rick? Yeah, we do. We we do. Yeah. You don't know who the killer is. That's like, right. There's somebody behind the scenes maneuvering things, and it kind of looks like maybe Lanyard Gates. Yeah. The the uh, movie maker who was laughed off the stage and as uh, as retribution killed his family is uh, is is ready to kill more. You know because killed of his embarrassment. Stage. Yeah, so his film, yeah, his film uh, bombed. That's the best word for it. wasn't yeah. wasn't liked at all. So he decided to put on a new performance, and basically that was I'm going to kill my whole family on stage live. Right, right, and creepy stuff there, Lanyard Gates. Uh, even though his first name is really just another name <laughs> for like a shoelace. Right. But, you know. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> How scary is a guy named Lanyard? He worked hard to get that way, and I don't think he made it. But, yeah, that, that's my first reason is the movie within a movie. What do you got? I said uh, D. Wallace. D. Wallace. I mean. She she har- never fails to, to deliver. Horror royalty. I mean, I've, I've seen basically everything she's ever been in. She plays kind of a pivotal role in this one. You think she's somebody and she's really not and all that kind of good stuff. So, uh, I don't know. It's D. Wallace. Yeah, because she ends up being the killer. And she's got that fake knife, and she she's called them all there to do an April Fool's kind of, like, they're not really dead. They all come out, hey, it's okay. And D. Wallace is like, I fooled you. Yeah. And, but also, I mean, I, I had a list of them here, just mainly the cast, your your main cast. And now you, you've got one or two. I know you're going to throw in there, too. But D. Wallace, Jill Sholin, who's the, the main girl in the movie, which yep. originally was not going to be in the movie. She ended up filling in. Because the other girl left or quit or whatever the story is. For you that don't know who she is, she's in The Stepfather. Classic horror movie. Uh, the remake of Phantom of the Opera that had Robert England in it where he just looked like Freddy Krueger without a glove. So <laughs> there was that. Yeah. But my favorite movie that she was in was The Curse 2, which is about the snake. The snake hand. Did you ever see that one? Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the dude's hand just turns into a snake. 
I mean, you talking about high that's, budget. <laughs> that's a curse, man. That's it's, a curse. It's awesome, man. And Jamie Farr is trying to kill it. Oh, we <laughs> we got to cover that movie later on. That was just awesome. And you got uh, Tom yeah. Villard in this, man. Tom Villard, which uh, for my age group, before he was a Stork brother in uh, One Crazy right. Summer. You know, he's Bobcat Goldthwait's brother in that movie. He's supposed to be twins. Yeah. Be- way before that. He was in a TV show called Joni Loves Chachi. He was like their surfing buddy that worked with him. Yeah. Actually, he was the drummer in the band. I'm digging back on that one, man. Well, the point <laughs> is, this is pretty much his best role. Oh, yeah. It's, it's killer, yeah. man. This is a great role for him. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm surprised, you know, you being uh, such a big fan of the Fan of the Paradise that your first reason wasn't the, the Fan of the Opera-ishness of it. I've got, I've got notes at the bottom of this one for that. Yeah. The slashishness of it, yeah. You're just making up words now, man. I have uh, scream-esque. Scream-esque. It's scream-esque. But yeah, I, yeah. I was oh, yeah. surprised that, that wasn't your... Well, to me, you see elements of demons in this, where you've got the theater, the, the theater going on, the stuff going on, on the screen, things kind of happening in the theater. Phantom yeah. of the Paradise, Phantom of the Opera, sure. same thing going on here where... You got a madman running around killing people, and they're not for sure who it is. All that kind of story. Even there's a lot of similarities to Phantom of the Paradise in this movie that I picked up on, which still goes back to relating to Phantom of the Opera. So, oh sure, it's but it's a good, it's faithful. You know, it doesn't. It's its own thing, man. That's the thing about it is you see a lot of familiar stuff in this, but this is not a ripoff of anything. I really no, it, think it stands on its own. I think it stuck the template of the '80s slasher. To a much bigger story, right? And I, and that's what makes it work because it doesn't just it isn't just Jason killing teenagers right. up there because of some unknown beef he's got with teenagers that has to come out later. It's actually a whole story, and there's there's a whole mythology behind it. But you've got all these things in there too, though, that are definitely from other other movies. Because I even brought it up. You know, wait a minute. There's a a guy in a wheelchair who's being chased by a guy that can change his face. Yeah, we've never seen that before. But the thing is, is the way it's done, you don't really relate that to each other like you do a straight, direct ripoff of Texas Chainsaw. So this movie has a neat little way of taking elements you're familiar with and shaking them up and making something totally new out of it. Yeah, well, it's got a lot going on in it, and it doesn't get bogged down with too much content. Right. There's there's some fun 80s stuff going on in there too. Oh, like, yeah, without a doubt. Like there's a little love triangle with the guy, Mark, that gets mentioned in the synopsis. You know, <laughs> he, he's he's trying to get after the main character girl, but he, he does it by making her jealous and and completely ignoring his date. And and he, he is just kind of a loser. Yeah. You know, he can't do anything right. Yeah, and I, I love it. This is a definite... You know, thing to stop and watch though. But when he goes back to to sit with the girl that he's brought to the theater with him, and that big dude sitting with her, and they get into big confrontation. Yeah. And all that. It's just hilarious, man. It's good stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. he knocks. Yeah, he knocks his block off there right. too. And dude's even yeah. got the thing on his nose, so he's talking funny because he's doing the thing for a smellorama or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's why I guess it was a slasher comedy, which right. I didn't really think of when I saw it because the whole possessor thing it adds it adds a weird element that's kind of right. Uh, disconcerting you know it right. makes you kind of nervous yeah yeah because I mean, it's weird it's off-putting yeah i mean and the killer you know is very serious you don't know really what's going on when you're watching stuff and you're not supposed to so that's the beauty of it and it and it's again it set the standard for all these things that we see like that 
you look at a lot of the movies now, and they throw these images at you for no reason. And it's just like we said, that movie in Texas we saw. Yeah. Right, and and now with the found footage thing, which has been done to death. Oh, yeah. Th- this whole found, re- like... The found, the, found the footage, play it, things start going crazy. Yeah, we've like I said, we've seen it before, but this one kind of did its own original thing with it. Kind of the first one to do it. Uh, you had uh, Cannibal Holocaust, Fan of, the Par- Fan of the Paradise is kind of the same way because he records everything on video, and that's how he stays younger, by keeping the tape and watching it over, all that kind of stuff. At the Boggy Creek... <laughs> Buggy Creek, sure. What about Buggy Creek 2? Electric Boogaloo. Your sister's a werewolf. Hell, <laughs> All right, we'll get back into the movie. But, you know, the, I mean, like I said, it takes a lot of ideas that you've seen and just kind of mixes it all in a bag. But one thing this movie has that no other movie does have is a montage of them cleaning up the theater while playing some fake... Fake ja- reggae. Fake Jamaican reggae music. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty horrific. <laughs> it's got... Yeah, they I think it might be the only montage, but there are some montage-ish things. Like, there's another <laughs> song thrown in there. There's a part where the power goes down, and they're like, bring out the band. <laughs> like, they had a band, and it was a reggae band. Yeah, so, you man. know, I don't even know what the reggae connection is. <laughs> the reggae maybe, connection. Maybe is, it was just what was popular at the time, like late safe? 80s, early 90s. Is it safe, Bob Marley? <laughs> is it safe, Lanyard Gates? <laughs> No, but let, let's let's move on. The reasons to watch the movie. You got the the movie within a movie. You've got uh, one of the Stork brothers, you know, who who I definitely recognize right away. He's yeah. kind of a goober, yeah, and he ends up playing a bigger role than you think he will, right? Um, and you, you've got connections to the whole found footage scene as well as uh, just just an homage to the old gimmick horror movies, right? And that's another reason to watch it because oh, there yeah. are these movies within a movie uh, that are kind of shown. One of them is the 3D mosquito vision one. Right. And the gimmick with that is that there's a giant mosquito that gets released in the theater. It scares everybody. Yeah, it comes flying across the top of the crowd, and everybody sees it. And, of course, you've got 3D glasses on. And, you know, uh, so that's that's the effect there. You know, we're talking William, right. William Castle here is what we're talking about. They're trying to rip off the old William Castle-style movie making that he did back in the 50s and 60s. And this does it very well. And so you get the mosquito thing, and then the second one was the electric. Was man? the the electrified man? Electrified so there's man. some of those seats were made to shock people. And I'd be lax if I didn't mention at this point that all this stuff is introduced by Ray Walston, by my oh. favorite Martian. There you go. And he shows up for a little more than a cameo, where he has all the equipment and says, "You are going to be creating this. Uh, what does he call it? A movie palace." Yeah. For for one night, and you know he he's got a great dramatic role in there that's super silly and and it's fun to watch. It's right before the the bad reggae montage. Yeah, which is uh, kind of like uh, one crazy summer when they're building the boat just with different music. <laughs> yeah, with with not as good of music. Ooh, at all. It's, it's pretty bad. It's bad. <laughs> I think uh, for me, one reason to watch this movie the nostalgia. So all you people out there that are not our age group, back in the 80s, it was fun to go to a theater. And uh, you see this in this movie. They're going and watching these old-style movies and just laughing at everything. It's it's the roller coaster ride movies. So these people are actually going and having a great time getting together, laughing at the screen, hooting and hollering, clapping, screaming, the whole nine yards. 
the movie experience was fun back then when you went to things like this, and we've kind of lost that too. Yeah, and, and all the film students in it, they're they're all dressed up for it, you know, yeah. a Rocky Horror Picture Show kind of stuff, you know. Right. <clears throat> and they're and they're playing up their parts as the nurse and the the uh, insane caged guy and right. the and the bellhop and all that stuff. And yeah, so they make the whole thing an experience to try and raise some money, but. Yeah, you're right. It's it's a lot of fun. I don't know that I got a whole lot of that. You know, when I saw Star Wars in the theater, yeah. uh, I recall sometimes the theater was full of people who would, you know, laugh when R2-D2 got shocked and fell over. And sometimes it was full of people who were super quiet. So, you know, it, it was on its way out, I think. Yeah, I mean, I remember in the late 80s, they showed Rocky Horror close to here. And me and some people went. And, of course, we knew you were supposed to do all these things. The other people did not. So they're right. basically looking around, going, "Hey, you know, do y'all mind not, you know, keep yeah, it, sit down, keep it down, so we can, you know, watch this movie?" I'm like, yeah, you're missing the point, you know. So right. uh, it's it's kind of a lost thing. Used to you went and had a good time, and and uh, I would love to go and experience some movies like this. I think that's why we get thrilled when we go to Texas and they're showing Zombie or Texas Chainsaw, or whatever, because you get to sit in a theater type setting with everybody who's fans, and you celebrate this movie together. That's what you see in this movie. They are celebrating what used to be the horror films. And nowadays, if you did that, people would be sitting there on their phones the whole time, not paying yeah. attention to what's going on, not taking in the experience. And that's a shame. That's a shame, people. It's 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 shameful. Right. It's Disgraceful. It's, it's full of shame. It's like if you had this level of shame, if you took shame and stretched it out long, like Al Long. Al Long, if you that took much. It, yeah, that's that's a lot of shame, folks. Stretch it out, Al Long. That's right. So I've got another reason to watch this movie, and it's it's kind of personal. Uh, Yvette Solder, yes. who plays the, uh, the, the, uh, the blonde who... You know, I don't even remember her character name in the in the movie, but it doesn't matter. Don't matter. She's, she's great. Every minute, I mean, like... She, her character is fantastic. She she throws in little quips and, and little jokes. And every time she showed up, it made me happy. Yeah. So watch for her because she's a trip. Yep. So, I mean, I think uh, one other thing about this, too, because you kind of got the Phantom of the Opera thing going on where he's going around and the bad guy or the villain, whatever you want to call him, is kind of a shapeshifter. He can... Uh, Look like different people. Yeah. So that's kind of a cool thing that goes on. And there's some funny things that happen there, too. There's one girl that he's killed, and he's right in the act of just knocking her off, and then some friends show up, and he's, like, holding her up. It's like Weekend at Bernie's kind of thing. Yeah. Where he's holding her up and prop her up and trying to talk in a female voice. Oh, yes, you know, oh, yes, they went that way. <laughs> and it's, it's pretty funny, pretty entertaining. So, again, the movie inside the movie thing wants you to participate while watching this movie. And, well, and, uh, and I think I also think uh, the scene where they walk up and the guy in the wheelchair has been knocked off and he the body's hunched over in the wheelchair and they walk up to it and he turns around and it's the it's the the bad guy. Yeah. Looks really creepy at that point. It's some great mech up right there. Well, yeah, and you know, there's a whole part where he's wearing his mask over his his damaged face. And the edges of the the regular guy mask are, are coming undone, right? And that looks good. I mean, yeah. you can tell that it was it's it's glued on there, but not not really. I mean, right. it could be. I mean, it's believable. It's right. it's good. Um, I think it works well. You're talking about '91 here, so 
the yeah. he- the heyday of prosthetic effects has pretty much peaked. You're not going to get much better than this time period as far as what the abilities were. Is the problem is, is we just kind of lost that to the CGI world right at this point. So this is a really good example of of what you know the prosthetic stuff looked like at this point. I think it's very well done. You know what? I got another reason to watch this movie. All right. The giant mosquito. Oh, didn't see that coming. Yeah, well, we mentioned it a minute ago. It's in a 3D movie. But this giant mosquito does a lot of work. Yeah. Pretty much any time somebody needs to get offed and it needs to be a spectacle, (laughs) out comes the giant mosquito with his big giant mosquito skewer and he stabs somebody straight through. Talk about your good effects. That's right. Maybe maybe it's not one of them, but man, <laughs> when people get killed by this giant mosquito, you can see a giant mosquito skewering a guy. So and here, that's awesome. And here's here's where you kind of see this before too. I mean, we've seen people impaled a lot, but you think about the ending of Flash Gordon. Yeah, War Rocket Ajax coming through. It's got the it even has like the bee head looking on it with the big spear on the front. Stabs big spear. It. There you go. Yeah, you you've seen it before. It's just not an exact ripped off when. You know, you could say that's kind of a stretch on that, but I don't care. <laughs> so your reasons your reasons to watch Popcorn, it's a movie within a movie. It's got the guy from One Crazy Summer in it, who also Joni loves Chachi, whatever that was. And then <laughs> you've got you've got the theater experience being enjoyed. You've got bad reggae music, which is not a reason to watch it. You got Ray Walston. You've right. got the the celebration of the old gimmick horror movies. You've got a giant mosquito. People, you've got a giant mosquito. <laughs> I don't know what else you want. That pretty much, yeah. that's it. I mean, that's pinnacle. You've got that you, You've got that Phantom of the Opera thing. The, those are done well. You know, he disguises, he kills people. Their, their, their film teacher has also got to be a reason. I, I, I know I've seen him before, and I'm probably going to get lambasted by all the hundreds of movies this guy is in. But I, I don't know. I could tell he's an older actor, though, just, just from the yeah. way he delivers his lines. Right. He almost sounds like he's playing a, a journalist in a movie of well, some other kind. I don't know where he came from. I didn't, I didn't do enough research, but that guy was in a ton of stuff, especially in the 70s. Tony Robinson? Rob, yeah. Anyway, their film teacher guy. Yeah. Look him up and tell me what he's from. You got the got the real tight-knit fro going on, you know? Yeah. yeah. He's been in tons of stuff, man. I thought of him because the killer assumes his guys after the giant mosquito <laughs> kills him. And um, and it's a pretty cool scene because, you know, he's got, like, the mask on and he, he's he got shades so you can't tell where the mask seams are. And then right. one of the students is like, hey, I get A's because I sleep around. And he's like, oh, that's interesting. And then he kills her. Right. <laughs> and then, and then, then dude uses her like a puppet, like in uh, Haunted Honeymoon. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. And again, it's it's got all these things. The the payoff at the end is worth it. Yeah. It it all culminates with the rewatching of the of the the student film that got, you know, that Lanyard Gates made and the reenactment, the attempted reenactment of the murder of the family and the killer's got an agenda to uh to kill, you know, our main character and and D Wallace. Because, you know, he was there years ago and it didn't go the way he wanted it to. And so he's orchestrated this whole thing to kind of redo it, thinking that his whole life is going to get reset here. Because he's crazy, people. He's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a fun movie, man. Uh, Again, it's called Popcorn for a reason. So it's got a terrible tagline. 
And uh, I, I think I remember that tagline. I think it goes, "Popcorn, buy a bag, <laughs> go home in a box." <laughs> uh, why did Why oh. did that stop? Why did we stop having those taglines like that? I don't know. IMDb's got a lot of movies with the taglines on them. I think maybe they just maybe they still have them. They just aren't as as touted. Well, because it's like it's like re- the Taken Two. This time, he's not taking it. <laughs> this time, <laughs> she's taken two. <laughs> You know, it really, yeah. I think they they went for the less is more, like you know, naming your songs, dirt, you know, kind of. Oh yeah, but anyways, getting back to this movie, I recommend this one too, man. I think this is a lot of fun. You can actually sit down with these two movies and watch them back to back and have a good time. Yeah, yeah, they're they're eighties slasher films with twists that make them fun, but they also have all the stuff that makes eighties slasher films fun right you know including and i didn't mention it before but in april fool's day there's a there's the whole cat scare right. he goes into the boathouse <laughs> he's looking around and it's like oh oh no the music gets gets loud and then a cat jumps out and i, I just had to point out that there's a guy there's a guy holding a cat <laughs> just, waiting to throw it when he's been cute it's like now no now okay now throw the cat yeah i love it I love it. Uh, but, yeah, so your reasons to watch popcorn, you got the movie within a movie. You've got the connection to uh, Fan of the Opera. You've got great actors and actresses in it. You, you've got a lot of fun. You've got a montage, and, and you've got great special effects and prosthetics, as well as you have the connection to the found footage stuff with the, uh, with the old student experimental film. It's, it's got it all. And, and the explanation for the killing is just as hokey as any slasher explanation in the 80s you could expect all right cool uh i guess we're ready for a rating i guess we are do you know what you're gonna rate sure yeah i'm gonna give it 48 big biker dudes sitting with your girlfriend with uh with a pincher on his nose (laughs) pincher on his nose (laughs) (laughs) i i love that scene because the girl from uh from summer school right is is in it and she ends up uh she ends up defending our uh, our hero guy from that guy again when the guy comes out, and she uh, she's like, "You won't hit a girl," and he's like, "No, I never will." And so she t- she just <laughs> lays him out, man. yeah. <laughs> then drags him out, locks the door, and since the door is locked, he can't get in to save, to save her later. Oh no, the door is locked. I've got to climb into the theater. <laughs> oh, great time, man. Yep. I mean, the more I talk about it, the more I realize stuff I didn't point out. Right. It's totally worth watching. Totally yeah, we, we end up getting stuck with trying to narrow this thing down to keep it in some, some sort of time frame, but we could go on and on about the reasons to watch this. But again, the point is for you to go watch it and discover yes. these things yourself. We're just the ones that's trying to say, hey, remember this movie? Well, you need to check it out. Popcorn. I think it's one that you probably haven't thought about in a while. April Fool's Day, too. They're both great slashers. Right. I, I can't use the word fun enough, but right. I'm going to give it a rating, and I'm going to say that it has... 52 giant killer mosquitoes. All right. <laughs> ah. Rah. And Brian Blessed, what do you think of popcorn? The hunter becomes the hunter. Yeah. See, that's see they're similar. Even his answers are kind of similar. So Yeah, hunters death. He kind of likes the, them the same. Yeah. He likes Fights. them the same. All He's right. willing to fight for April Fool's Day and Hunters and hunteds, they belong in a... Because, yeah, because they buy it in a bag, 
and they go home in a box. <laughs> we'll be right back. In a world of entrepreneurs, you do what you have to do to survive. If anything ever happens to me, I want you to be sure you finish telling my story. What you selling out the back of that car, boy? Colonels! It's just Colonels, officer! Growing up in Indiana, his parents didn't understand him. Son, we found these under your mattress. It's just Colonels, Pop! Colonels! We've told you to throw those out! You don't even understand me! This fall, New Lime Cinema brings you the true story of an American genius. A true original, Orville Redenbacher. I think you need to get out of here. I think you need to buzz off. I think you're a papaholic. I can change, baby. I can get out. See Orville like you've never seen him before. The only way I can get to the man at the top is by tearing away from the bottom on up. No matter who you destroy. Hey! Said, put that down, I'm going to take your head off. They're all a bunch of hypocrites. Every ass one of you. You're all a bunch of hypocrites. Popcorn Smith, Orville Redenbucker, was arrested in Miami tonight for lewd behavior. Starring Kristen Wiig as Mrs. Redenbucker. Three-time Academy Award winner Jack Nicholson as his buddy Jack. When you hear the popcorn popping, pop, 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 don't come in here. James Hetfield in his big screen debut as Billy. Billy, does the popcorn taste good? Yeah. And Sylvester Stallone as Orville Redenbacher. Yo, pop secret. I'm your worst nightmare. See Popcorn from New Lime Cinema. Rated R. In theaters October 7th. The true life story they didn't want you to see. Popcorn, an Abraham Zapruder film. Hello, is this where the tagline Omatic is sold? I've looked all over. Yeah, doll, we sell them right here. Just put your plot in the microphone and let her rip with the perfect tagline. I'll demonstrate. Movie about a guy who sneaks around killing people in a movie theater. Popcorn. Buy a bag. Go home in a box. That's great. Can I test it out? Sure, toots. Action and jungle. Lost treasure is sought by man and woman on the run. Danger jungle. Buy a bag. Go home in a box. What? How is that a good tagline? It was just the same line as the first one. Hey, you didn't say what kind of treasure. Uh, could have been a bag of gold. And if they die, a coffin's a box. Let me try again. Medieval fantasy, magical armies, and struggle against evil empire. Magic sword. Buy a bag. Go home in a box. This is crap. I'm out of here. Third one this week. Machine, what do you think the problem with these people is? People problems. Buy a bag. Go home in a box. Pure gold. That was a fun episode.
Again, we felt like we were a little rushed on some of those, trying to get everything through. Again, go check them out. That's the whole point of this show. It's not for you to sit and really talk, listen to us talk about them all the time. It's for you to actually build up the incentive to go out and check these out for yourself. We're used right. car salesmen. That's what we're trying to do is get you to get in the car. Yeah, we are not trying to bombard your ear holes with a whole bunch of stuff about these movies. We want to get you interested so that you can build your library of fantastic 80 and 90s movies to enjoy for the rest of your lives. Show your kids. And then you can talk about them. Right. And then you can get all your friends to listen to us so we can tell them about even more and you can share it. It'll be bonding. See, it's just simple lines intertwining. It's the circle of life. That was uh, D.B. Cooper as well, sung that. Hail Ming. What was, what was his D. name? D.B. Walt, Walton? Is <laughs> it Frank Walton? Yeah, Frank Walton. His and, brother? And the Jamaican band. <laughs> <laughs> Ka-ding, ding, ding, ding. Yo! Oh. Yeah, and, and by the way, do yourself a favor and don't listen to the end credit songs. <laughs> Of either, of either uh, movie. <laughs> April Fool's Day or Popcorn. They are terrible. They're, they're, Maybe we'll have them play at the end of our our podcast here so you can have a preview. I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. I doubt it. But uh, I don't know, man. I say check them out. At least the first you know, 20 or 30 seconds just for you to yeah. know. Yep, yeah, that's well, pretty bad. Then you'll turn it off. <laughs> so you can say, I understand. Yeah, but, you know, totally. They're bad. Uh, other things that's going on, you guys... Just hanging with us. Appreciate you still listening. You got uh, a lot of stuff going on at Legion. They're trying to reach out and start to really build up some some video stuff going on, on their YouTube page. So we're right in the middle of all of that. That's a lot of fun. It's a challenge. So uh, if you're watching this, you're seeing that you know we're trying to get better as we go along. We're learning this stuff as we go. So uh, no experts here. We're just uh, experimenting and trying to make it work. So, and if you're just watching the webcast... And realize that we do audio spots, we do commercials that are that are all audio based, right? That don't really fit in the uh, the webcast. So check out the podcast, and yep. and you'll get that extra uh, material. Yeah. Or just hang out here on the webcast if that's what you want to do, and uh, tell your friends. That's right. And don't be afraid to subscribe. That just helps us out. That's the way it gets more attention. The way it grows. Also, subscribe to Legion Podcast over there as well on YouTube. And, uh, man, you got iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, everything, man. We're just out there. Seek and destroy. Just find it wherever you can. Listen to it. Tell your friends about it. I'm glad we brought up Summer School a while ago because recently we've had uh, Gary Riley, who is, uh, if you remember Chainsaw and Dave from Summer School, uh, yeah, I believe he's actually been listening to the show, and that's exciting. Who knows? We may get him on the show eventually just to come and talk about Summer School, which I love. I love that movie. Yeah, so, very cool. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, again, show keeps growing, and uh, the more you guys talk about it and get other people to listen to it, the more people's going to listen to it. The goal, like we said for ourselves last week, is a gajillion, yeah. and, and I'm pretty positive we can do it. Yeah, a gajillion followers, I mean, it's not that hard, Yeah, really, because yeah. the 80s were that good. Right. I mean, if Vanilla, so, if Vanilla Ice can have millions of fans, surely we can have a gajillion. That's an excellent point. Right. So Be- Because I think he's a fan of the page, too. He just doesn't post. Sure, sure. Yeah. He's incognito. He's waiting until we do our uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze episode. Yeah, that'll be a while. <laughs> and then and then he's going to come on and reprise his, uh, his Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. Ninja, Go, go Ninja, Go. See? <laughs> we know it. 
We're not ashamed. Yes, we are. We're not very ashamed. <laughs> We're kind of ashamed. That's it for us. Danny, you got anything else you want to say? Just subscribe. Listen. Right. iTunes. Leave us, leave us reviews. Subscribe to us. Give us ratings on YouTube and iTunes. Facebook. And watch Popcorn and you April gotta, Fool's Day. You watch got them. to. That's the whole point. Yeah. iTunes. You got Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. Check out all the other shows at Legion Podcast as well. We'll see you next time, folks. Take it easy. Adios. <laughs> <laughs>Yeah, yeah, I, I like the way it, it played out. I think I, w- I would talk too slowly. No, nah, that's what I liked about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Uh, we just kind of lost that. Now we just have music in the background that goes, Mark! <laughs> yes. I heard a kid. We have kid music. Uh, there's one on the screen right now. I, yep, yep. Whoa! Yeah, a little extra sound in that one. <laughs> you added... That 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 sounds good. I just hit two buttons at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were just mixing it up. No, no. Well, yeah, technically. (laughs) That's the way to die. I hope you're dead. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Babu Konuru.